Hello, and welcome to the Innovation Quotient, a new podcast series where we examine innovation and discuss how it can fuel future progress. I'm Andrew Staples, Editorial Director of Initiatives at Economist Impact, an arm of the Economist Group which works with organisations to further their mission. This podcast is supported by Philip Morris International as part of an Economist Impact research programme called the Innovation Quotient, which examines how innovation could be fostered so as to drive socio-economic progress around the world. In this episode, we focus on innovation hubs and Thailand and how they're enabling innovation for socio-economic progress. To help us understand how Thailand is building a vibrant innovation ecosystem, my guests today are Dr. Kithpaka Bunfeng, Executive Director of the National Innovation Agency in Thailand. The NIA is a funding agency entrusted by the Thai government to act as a core organization to promote and facilitate the creation, development, effective management and exploitation of innovation. I'm also joined by Dr. Kit Pachirayanam, CEO and co-founder of RISE. RISE works with corporates and governments in Southeast Asia to become innovative in building their futures through corporate accelerators, entrepreneur activity and venture building services. Dr. Kit Packer, Dr. Kit, welcome and thank you for joining me. Perhaps I could ask you both to very briefly introduce yourself, your role and your relationship with the innovation ecosystem in Thailand. Dr. Chris Packer, if I could come to you first. Yes, thank you. My name is Kipaka Bunfeng. I'm the Executive Director of National Innovation Agency. We support the startup ecosystem and innovation ecosystem in Thailand. We granting by funding the money for SME and startup, including the social enterprise, to do innovation projects. On the other hand, we also do like the training and also the skill for the entrepreneur as well. We also do like the event for the awareness of innovation in Thailand. And Dr. Kidd, it's a great pleasure to welcome you to this podcast. Please give us a little bit of background and, and what you're doing at RISE. Yeah, my name is Kidd. I'm the CEO and co-founder of RISE. We call ourselves like corporate innovation powerhouse. Our mission yeah, is to help raise 1% of GDP for the entire Southeast Asia. We've been working with the government agency like NAA with over 500 corporate across the region. And our job is to help them to find a new S-curve, helping them to drive the GDP and, uh, and socioeconomic impact. Thank you very much. It's that word socioeconomic impact that's really central to this program, the Innovation Quotient. One thing I'd like to start with, though, is, is just to get a sense of the health of the innovation ecosystem in Thailand today. Dr. Kithpaka, come to you on that. When you're talking about uh, the level or maybe the leverage of the how we use innovation in Thailand, we're comparing with the world, you can go on the Global Innovation Index or GI. That one is going to be the ranking by the WIPO, World International Property Organization, incorporated with the Cornell University. Actually, from the 132 countries around the world, Thailand is the ranking 43. It means that we are, have the good combination of the R&D from the government and the private sector. But in terms of investment, we have so many things to improve, including how to increase the number of the unicorn in startup, and also being the last enterprise to concerning with the new innovation product and so with all the process. On the other hand, in the area of the climate technology, it's really important also concerning about environmental. On that part, if they're looking on the ranking, we need to come up with a new innovation to reduce the CO2. That will be going to be leverage our innovation more on that. 
Thank you. And I think if we look at Thailand's performance in the innovation quotient in our index, we do see some good performance in areas like access to market finance, the digital landscape and, and so on. But along with many other countries, there are still areas to improve. I think you mentioned environmental uh, standards, for, for example, or a commitment to the energy transition and so on. Dr. Kidd, you're um, an entrepreneur. You're working with businesses, small and large, not just in Thailand, but you know across the world and particularly across uh, Asia as well. Could I get your perspective on how you view the innovation ecosystem in Thailand today? Yeah, so I think that if you're talking about startup scene, I think startup scene uh, has been around for around 10 years. The first wave of, uh, of Thai startup ecosystem uh, started when uh, the telco, they want to promote more startup ecosystem because they are in transition from the voice to data. Now they start to have, oh, uh, we need to have an application economy. Everybody should develop the app so that they can consume more data. So uh, at that time, around like the 10, 12 years ago, the, the corporate started investing like in a startup. And after that, there's a couple of waves. For example, there was the fintech, like e-commerce popping up, and then those related to the e-commerce industry, for example, logistics. And that's why Thailand has kind of the first unicorn, uh, which is a Flash Express uh, company, which is a logistic company. So that's uh, kind of like the, the, the scene, which I think investment-wise, uh, yeah, we're getting a little bit uh, bigger yeah, from uh, 2012 and now peak two years ago. Can you add on something? Yeah, please go ahead. Right now, most of the startup in our customer system will be more investment from the VC and CVC from the big firm. And they have the variety of the startup right now, for example, agricultural and also for the health and medical and also for the food technology as well. It means that the number of startups in Thailand right now in the state and early state is around 2,100. And for the startup ranking that they just announced, they're talking about the number of startups include the BitCup and also the, the Fresh Express and also the Essence money that will be the unicorn in Thailand. It's around 191 firms that will be on the list. It means that we have a lot of room to improve our startup for investment and be the unicorn in the future. I think maybe five years after this, we will have more unicorn. Well, we'll come back in five years and, and see how many unicorns we have. <laughs> well, I think without the Green Forgotten World, I think it's going to be sooner. Yeah, yeah like we, we, we team up going to be sooner in five years. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Kuzmet, to come back to you, startups and the vibrancy of startups are, are, are a good indicator of, uh, of the healthiness of, a, of an innovation ecosystem. But they're just one part of it. The ecosystem is, is much larger. It's government policy, it's access to capital, it's access to skills and workforce and so on. I wonder how, from your vantage point at the NIA, how are you fostering that ecosystem? How are you bringing people together? What are some of the sort of specific ways in which you, you bring those actors together and, and foster collaboration? So I think the key success factor that we're always thinking about is also win-win-win, right? So win-win-win is not uh, only kind of like startup win and the VC win or a startup win and the corporate win, right? But how we can kind of like bring everybody together. The role model is also important to inspire the people that, hey, if uh, your neighborhood can do it, you can do it too, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing that I think is important, yeah, is also the rules and regulation. Yeah, and also the support from the government. So uh, without the government or the National Innovation Agency or other agency that try to help ecosystem by pushing the right policy to the startup. I think right now our government is uh, getting uh, better and better in terms of supporting the startup ecosystem. And last but not least, 
I think it's around kind of like the human capital that we need. Okay. Uh, Dr. Chris Packard, on that point there, Dr. Kidd was talking about the importance of the regulatory regime of government support and policies to help drive innovation. I wonder if you could give us a sense from that sort of national view of the activities or the um, efforts that you're making in order to support innovation. Right now, we are in the process of passing the law they call the Startup Act. That one will help to create our ecosystem, including the law and regulation. Before that, uh, we work closely with the BOI to register and also to get to the process of the smart visa for the startup. That helps the startup to live and working in Thailand quite easily. And also, we also on the process that we are certified for the capital gain tax that they help there to reduce all kind of the taxation. In this year, the government will add more on the matching fund for the VC and CVC that will reduce the list for the investment, and also we help the startup in the early state and also the seed state to get more investment in the future because the government take half of the list for the VC and CVC. We know that many countries, they have the good ecosystem and the legal environmental, for example, Singapore. That's why we need to share a lot in this path, and government also concerned on that path and will do on this job. And I believe that after we pass the law, there we have many many schemes for the promoting the startup, not only for the finance, also the legal and also non-financial support as well. So some positive developments taking place there. Let me just bring the attention on to innovation hubs. Of course, there's Bangkok, but we also see some activities elsewhere in the country, Chiang Mai, for example. Um, Dr. Kidd, let me come to you first to, to get your sort of thoughts on how we foster an innovation hub, uh, lots of different actors in there, and your role in terms of bringing people together, um, not just in Bangkok, but perhaps elsewhere uh, in Thailand as well. So our role is to uh, bring the startup from all over the world as startup in Thailand, yeah, to collaborate with the corporate. Why is it important for Thailand? First, we're not the, the biggest country in, in ASEAN, Indonesia is. We're not the most, probably the most efficient uh, uh, run, the government, yeah, like to compare it to Singapore. And then we're not kind of like the cost of labor right now. I mean, like Vietnam is doing a little bit uh, better than, than us. So that's kind of like the, the things that we uh, we need to admit, right? But then one thing that makes Thailand thrive, I think, is we have the very strong corporate. Yeah, if you look at the big uh, uh, Thai stock market, is also the highest liquidity market in, in ASEAN. And then if you're looking at kind of like the climate or other kind of like the, the, the ESG things, the corporate is also listed on uh, the Dow Jones Sustainability Index the most. So that's how strong Thai corporate uh, are. When we want to fostering the partnership, we need to, as I mentioned in the beginning, that it needs to be win-win. So what startup has is the technology, is the speed that they can do things really fast. And then the corporate not only have money, but they also have the most important thing, which is the customer base. That's why we thought if we be able to marry the two together, one has a customer base which can go along together with the startup, and then they, they can prosper together. It's not only make the corporate better, the startup better, it's also be able to help kind of like the socioeconomic as well, right? That uh, uh, generate more revenue for the people around the country. And, and, and that's a crucial point, isn't it? That um, innovation needs to be grounded and, and contribute positively to, to society. Dr. Chris Packer, on, on this point around innovation hubs, clusters within, within Thailand, if you look at that map of Thailand, where do you see activity outside of, of Bangkok, for example, and how are you supporting that through policies? 
the innovation hub that will be the great example of the innovation that fulfills outside the Bangkok. Not only because we have so many digital nomads and also we have the many startup, but also they have the good university and scientists, and also we have the northern side part from the Chiang Mai University, or we call the STEP, that can help to promote the innovation. And also we do so many projects in Chiang Mai with the technology side part, but we also doing with the medical hub in Chiang Mai. For Bangkok, we have the UT Medical Innovation that will be the sectoral development for innovation. In the Lama 6, they have so many hospitals and uh, hospital university that will be good for the health and also for create the good cluster from the health tech. But we have one project work closely with the LICE will be for the SPEDF. The SPEDF will be one of example of the sectoral development that we're talking about the food for the future, for food technology. For the SPEDF, work closely between NIA, Thai Union, and Mahidol University, and Lotte. And also, the most important one will be the Thai BEF. And the most of the least, the next one that we will sign with you together the next few weeks will be Nestle. That's why this one will be like the melting pot for the innovation for the food. We have the startup from Thailand and startup from abroad. We have the big corporation to do more collaboration, not only in Thailand, for the Korea and for the Europe as well. That is going to be the good example to get the startup from Thailand to grow abroad and learn more how to be in the global market. That international exchange of ideas is crucial, isn't it? So it's very uh, encouraging to see that type of interaction taking place. Dr. Kidd, to come to you on that issue of food tech, but also I think Dr. Kithpaka there was talking about some of the big firms that you referenced, so Thai Bev, Thai Union and so on, and the capabilities that these firms have as well. How do you get them to work with entrepreneurs? How do you get them to open innovation, for example? How do you make sure that they don't smother small startups, entrepreneurs. These are some sort of common challenges, I think, that we hear. How do you approach those issues? First thing first, right? So we need to understand kind of like what's in it for everybody. So when we talk to the corporate, we're looking at the mindset. Are they kind of like trying to kind of like squeeze everything from the startup? Or they realize that they could not do on their own, right? And they need some partner to help them to speed up things. Definitely, corporate is huge, right? They are a huge family business. They can do everything themselves. But then what they need to sacrifice probably is the speed, right? But then now if they admit that, hey, uh, I, can, I, I don't want to sacrifice the speed. We want to move fast, but move together with the startup. So that kind of like the perfect uh, criteria, how to select the corporate partner for the startup. And, and, and Dr. Kithpatid, to come back to you, you gave some good examples there of um, uh, collaboration and, uh, and partnerships with big industry in Thailand and also internationally as well. What would you say are some of the common challenges that you face in promoting greater collaboration between universities, between startups, between big businesses? And how are you overcoming those challenges? Good question and a good challenge. Actually, what I mentioned that our NA try to play the important role like the focal conductor. That means we try to arrange and lead the way to get from the technology to commercialization. We talk closely with the university, for example, the Chiang Mai University, to help us to do on the project in medical. For that part, it means that we want to create a deep technology or deep tech startup from university. On the other hand, from the major university, 
we work closely for the agricultural business that one we would like to create the startup for agricultural. It means that we have strategic to talking about different sector to different partner. And the important way that if the university have intellectual property for the patent of technology, they don't do commercialization by themselves. They will license technology for the firm that's very interesting to use their technology to get into the commercialization process. That path, our organization also helped them to business matching. And after that, then we have the collaboration between academic and industry together. At the end, we create the deep tech startup or we do the create more technology firm that will increase the number of the economic impact in Thailand. The government tried to do the value added in so many industries, the technology in Thailand. But believe me or not, I think most of the knowledge from Thailand, besides from the big firm that they can do from their own R&D. University allow Bangkok in Thailand, allow the Thailand, they have so many knowledge that can be transferred to the firm and the firm can use that one for create the income for the future. And with this approach, I believe that the Thailand will escape from the middle income tax if we use this model wisely to the national level with under collaboration with the private sector, the university, and the ID still. That I think is my idea to change the way of Thailand to be innovation driven economy for the future. To add on that uh, from the Dr. Pakar, right? Because I think that's, that's a key. Yeah, I, I often say like, oh, we cannot create another Silicon Valley. Yeah, but probably we can create Thai Valley ourselves, right? And then that Thai Valley need to be rooted from our competency. What what we make us different from other country, right? For example, we are super strong in agriculture, like Dr. Kriprika said, right? And then also like healthcare, tourism. So then that's going to enable not only the, the country going to be uh, better, the people that get a service, the access to healthcare even better, the uh, like uh, more financial inclusion. And at the, at the end, is helping in improve our, ourselves from the middle-income country. Yeah. That concept of Thai Valley is, is very interesting, isn't it? Because if you think about Silicon Valley, specific set of circumstances that led to the development of that cluster. Um, but it's also facing quite a few challenges. Let's think about the cost of accommodation in San Francisco, for example, is often highlighted as, uh, as a problem there that's driving away people that you actually need to come in and, and keep it going. But if we think about Thailand, then it seems that there's a, a natural diversification there. If you think about agriculture, of course, that's outside of places like, like Bangkok. So it seems like there's a natural diversification. Does that sound right to you, Dr. Kithbaka, that, that you have these pockets uh, of competencies and innovation around the country that collectively create Thai Valley? I agree with that because on our project, we are also focusing on the agricultural one day in Chiang Mai already. That part will be particular, similar to the Silicon Valley, but not only the digital technology and the software, but we focus on agricultural, and we also do on the medical in Chiang Mai and also in Bangkok. That will be the good example. And the most particularly area that we really focus not only in Chiang Mai and Bangkok will be the EC as well. When we're talking about the technology and the focusing on, I think our organization will focus on five anchor of technology. The first one will be the med, food and agricultural that already mentioned. And the second one will be uh, medical and health, including the aging society. Right now we are in the aging society. Many startup firm and also the government also concerned in that part. And the third one will be the tourism because most of the income from Thailand is come from tourism. But how are we gonna add on innovation in that area? 
when the tourists come to Thailand, they will learn that visiting Thailand not only for the culture, but you can learn a lot of innovation in the area of tourism. And the first one will be the climate tech and also the EV alternative energy and the battery. And the fifth one, aligned with the government, we call the soft power, but I forgot on cultural innovation. Because the social innovation or cultural innovation will help in the grassroots level of the people that can adapt more from the culture to add culture plus innovation equal to creative product that wanna sell more and they will learn more that the Thai culture can add innovation and creative thinking that will change the way of the gas low economy in Thailand. Well, well, just on that point, um, innovation that's rooted in societies and dealing with some of the challenges that they have, for example. Um, Dr. Kidd, to come back to you, because I know that you're active across Southeast Asia as well. What type of innovation, social innovations, are, are you helping to take out of Thailand and apply elsewhere within uh, the region? Yeah, so our relationship uh, with uh, the government agency across the regions begin around like um, uh, in 2019. Yes, uh, that's when we start. So uh, what we what we did is that uh, we do kind of like the inbound and outbound. So inbound means, yeah, we bring some startup in Singapore that solve kind of like Thailand problems. And then on the, on the other hand, yeah, we try to spot what is kind of like the, the greatest startup from Thailand that be able to go abroad. So then that's kind of like the scope that we did after we did with uh, Enterprise Singapore. We also kind of like working with MDEC uh, in Malaysia, Malaysia Digital Economy Corporation. We also working with Cyber Party in Hong Kong. But everybody, we try to do the same thing, which is exporting startup and importing startup. But these days, if you ask me, like, what is the next big thing? Yeah, I think the next wave going to be those related to deep tech, kind of like AI, the, the food tech that uh, Dr. Kipika just said, right? So, so that is something that uh, we, we foresee. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Um, maybe if I could just change the uh, direction a little bit and, and think about entrepreneurialism uh, as well. I mean, Dr. Kidd, you're an entrepreneur, uh, and it'd be good to get your sort of take on, on how entrepreneurialism is viewed within Thailand. And, and then, Dr. Kipika, I think you also lecture at universities, and I'm just wondering how that next generation view entrepreneurialism. Is it something that they aspire to? Is it something they're concerned about? Um, let me pose that question to both of you about entrepreneurialism in Thailand. We work closely with University Allow Bangkok under the program Startup Thailand League. Almost 48 University Allow Thailand, we have this kind of program to pitching, bring the startup idea from university. It means that they will bring up with the team and have the business idea to promote in the Startup Thailand League. But every year, we work closely with more than 5,000 students allow Bangkok and also allow Thailand to be have the business matching and also for the pitching for their idea. But not all of them will be the company or register for the company. It will be create the awareness for most of the young entrepreneurs and also the teenager to have the entrepreneurship spirit for the university. That's why we created the program Startup Thailand League. In that part, most of the startup will come from the young teenager that want to be entrepreneur in the future. And then Dr. Kid, to come to your experience, how do you see uh, entrepreneurs in, in Thailand? Is it something to be encouraged? Do you see increasing uh, numbers of, of young people, mid-career people who, who want to be entrepreneurs? The entrepreneurial scene in Thailand, I think it's in a very good scene right now. Yeah, because uh, if you're looking at uh, the challenge that the corporate this day has, right? So they always say, hey, 
we lack of the middle management because the new generation want to build their own. When I when I say building their own business, it might not uh, related to 100% tech, right? Sometimes they are kind of like they, they, they become YouTuber, they become TikToker, they can uh, sell something by uh, uh, affiliate marketing. That's called entrepreneurship as well. But then uh, if you're looking at um, the challenge of the big firm or the big tech startup, at the end, they also need people. So that's kind of like the, the something that we're figuring out. Yeah, because we are entering aging society as well. Thank you very much. Can I add on on that also? Regarding to the aging society, we try to bring some of the, the people that already retire, but they have good experience in doing the business. I try to bring them to be the mentor to help the startup. And it means that we can linkage and bridging between the older and also the younger together that create the business together for the future. At that path, it means that the older will have something to do and the younger will gain more on the very good succession and very good management to help them in the business. Well, I think you both shared some excellent examples of collaboration, of partnerships, whether that's young, old, big businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs, established uh, businesses, and uh, and so on. And also geographically diverse as well. Think about Chiang Mai, thinking about Bangkok and elsewhere within in Thailand. So thank you very much for that overview of, uh, of the innovation ecosystem within Thailand. Um, just before we sort of wrap up, just wanted to see if you had any final thought or final comment. Yeah, I will add on in one point that the government plan to be the year 2030. We would like to have the Global Innovation Index to be the top 30 in the world. It means that we need to do more collaboration and also between the big private firm and the startup and university. It means that important institution for the innovation ecosystem have to work closely together. That's why I believe that NIA will play a very important role as the focal conductor to make the basic very good impact for the economy in Thailand. Mm. Well, we also hope that you will refer to the innovation quotient and, and have a look at our research and analysis of the uh, innovation ecosystem in, in Thailand because we, we share that intention. We want everybody to be growing and developing. Um, and Dr. Kidd, coming to you for your, your final thought. Yeah, I think uh, I'd like to echo like Dr. Kidd Pagar as well, that corroboration is the key to fostering innovation in Thailand, right? So uh, I just came back from Davos, the WEF, right? So the theme for this year is rebuilding trust. And then uh, without trust, we cannot create new innovation. Yeah, we also need to kind of like pushing the boundary, corroborating with the government, the policymaker, uh, the big corporate, and also start up globally to help the innovation scene here in Southeast Asia prosper. Yeah, so that's kind of like the, the our priority. Thank you very much. Well, I think a good uh, way to end this conversation to focus on collaboration. And um, uh, thank you for, again for sharing all of those examples of the way in which you are fostering that collaboration uh, within uh, Thailand internationally uh, across the region as well. My guests today have been Dr. Krithpaka and Dr. Kidd. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Innovation Quotient. For more information about the Innovation Quotient, please visit economistimpact.com forward slash innovation hyphen quotient.